appreciate the choir. Didn't, don't you appreciate them today? Amen. Well, my hearts have been encouraged and touched by this wonderful display of God's grace and the reminder that God did give everything for us. The giving, gift giving is a blessing during Christmas, and many of us have already started that process months ago. Some of you are already there. But we think about gift giving and what is it that causes us to want to give gifts but the fact that God gave us Jesus Christ. I like what Vance Habner said, Christmas is based on an exchange of gifts. The gift of God to man, his unspeakable gift of his son, and the gift of man to God when we present our bodies a living sacrifice. Man, what a great reminder today this has been. I appreciate all the work that has gone into it. But as we see, once again, the importance that Christmas is not just about getting gifts, but about receiving the gift that God gave us, but also being the gift to others. Charles Spurgeon said, From the greatness of God to His mercy is no step. For the two should always be blended in our thoughts as they are in His nature. Great as He is, He stoops to consider His creatures, and sovereign though He be, His name is love. He regardeth not the person of any man, for what is man to God? Yet, despite the greatness of God, His wisdom is to put to work to, uh, to devise means by which guilty ones who have been banished from Him may be restored to Him. That is God's great gift to us. The wonderful greatness of our God, He looks down in His mercy and He loves, and he loves us. Despite the fact that we were unlovely. And so as we celebrate Christmas, I'll remind you that He truly gave everything today. And God, uh, we're reminded that God came in the flesh. Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 7. We're going to be in multiple places, but I'm going to try to make this very short this morning. But I wanted to remind you of a few truths because this is so important. Because as we come to Christ on Christmas this year, we come and we celebrate the incarnation. We come and we celebrate all that God did uh, to give himself to us. Philippians 2, 7 says, but he made himself of no reputation. And he took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Aren't you thankful for that? I'm so thankful that, that God was willing to, to humble himself and be made in our image. And, and this is an important thing. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But I want to just lay some groundwork before we do. Because the word incarnation does not appear in the scripture. I've got to stay close today. Sorry. But the components of the word do. In John 1.14 says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And so we see here that he came in the flesh and dwelt among us. But he also says in 1 John 4.2, Hereby we know we the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Jesus, the Son of God, the eternal Son of God, left the glories of heaven to be born in a manger. What a wonderful gift we've been given. This eternal second person of the Trinity took upon himself humanity. He didn't have to, but he chose to. He did not possess humanity until that birth, and but it was his humanity was sinless. And, God, and Paul says this, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and, uh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That's what Christ did for us. That's why we celebrate Christmas. It's not... Santa Claus, and it's not Christmas trees, and it's not Christmas gifts, and it's Jesus Christ come in the flesh. That's why we have a reason to celebrate today. From the Old Testament, we're reminded that this is a wonderful gift. Isaiah 9, 6 opened with this this morning. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. This is God's gift to us. He said, and we're reminded he should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince 
of peace. This is our Jesus today. This is the one that we celebrate at Christmas. He is the Prince of Peace because through Him we can have peace with God. Romans 5.1 But we were reminded that there's one of the names that's attributed to Him in Isaiah 7.14 is Emmanuel. It says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. In Matthew 1.23 it defines what this word means, this name. He says, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which, is, which being interpreted is God with us. Aren't you grateful? I'm, I feel so indebted to the Lord, even this morning as I spent some time in just prayer and preparation for our time together today. I just ask God to, to allow us to be able to sense his presence. Be reminded of his presence there in that manger 2,000 years ago. And even today, as we gather in his name, that each of us would know he is here where two or more are gathered. We're reminded he's in the midst. But God used his virgin birth to bring into the world his only begotten son. Remember when Gabriel announced to Mary that she would bear the Messiah, I remember that she protested that she would need a husband. Do you remember that? And But the angel's response was so good in that uh, he said, you don't need a husband in essence because a spirit will come upon you. Look at Luke 135. It says, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the, uh, the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. That statement emphasizes the fact of divine generation of that Christ child. Listen, God used a, a, a moment there where Christ was born in that manger that, that it was truly God at work. It was not a man work. It was God at work. And this is evident in the method of his birth. If you look at Matthew as he writes there, we see that God used Matthew to carefully guard the fact that Christ came forth of a virgin. This is important because Mary had never been with a man and never even, well, not even with her betrothed, Joseph. And so we see this because it serves as a sign of uniqueness of the person of who was born. Jesus is truly unique because he's not just a man, he was God. He's both. He is the God-man, and it requires the God-man and his sacrifice on the cross for us to have truly to have the gift of God, which is eternal life. Christ came untainted by sin, uh, of the sin of an earthly father. He came through the perfection of his heavenly father. And so put succinctly, Christ left the glories of heaven to be made a little lower than the angels, and in doing so, we are given eternal life. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye, through his poverty, might be made rich. That's the glories of Christmas this year. That's the wonderful news that we have. And that's why the angels sang out, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth. Because Christ came to bring peace in a world of turmoil. But why? I can't help but ask this question. Why would God do that? Why would God be willing to give everything? I know me. I know my heart. I know my sinfulness. And you know you. you don't have to, I don't have to ask you about you. But we know us. We know our rebellious spirit, our hardness of heart, the, 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 the fact that we, we would have been like the Pharisees that day and spit upon our Lord. But John 3.16 reveals the answer. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's why God did it. That's why God was willing to look down in His mercy and His grace and His love and He looks at you and He says, listen, I sent something so that you, I sent Jesus Christ so that you might have life 
It, he was not satisfied with this broken relationship that started in the garden. He wanted us to be restored. He wanted us to walk with him once again. It was God's love for us that constrained him to act upon that love. And he was born in a manger. During September 11th, 2001, there was a lot of heroism that has largely gone untold over the years. Some sacrificed much so that others could get, live. Some sacrificed all. But 11 years after 9-11, a firefighter named John Schroeder had the chance to meet a young man named William Rodriguez. This is the man who saved his life. Now, Rodriguez was not a, a rescue worker. He was not a firefighter. He was not a, a, a police officer. He was none of those. He wasn't even a security guard. He was the guy that held the master key to the building. That was his job. He was the guy that was able to open every door in the building. And when everyone was running out of the building, he realized this. I'm the only guy with a key to every door in this building. And if this building's going down and people are trapped behind doors, I'm the only one that can get them out. And so Rodriguez ran from one door to the next door. And he opened these doors and began to let people out, including some of the rescue workers, like John Schroeder, who I mentioned a while ago, was one of the firefighters that was trapped behind a locked door. He couldn't get out. He couldn't move forward. And, and 10 years later, or 11 years later, they met each other. And when they came together, Schroeder gave Rodriguez a huge hug. And he says, imagine that. God bless you, kid. Never thought I'd ever see you again, man. He said, when someone asked Rodriguez, what did you do? Did you show him the way out? And Schroeder just simply said, I opened the door. That was my job. Even to this day, he said, I still wear that key around my neck. Listen, much like my Rodriguez, Christ risked his life. He gave his life and laid down his life to save us. Why? Because God's love constrained him. But even greater than that, he wanted to reveal himself to us. Think about this. We'd have never really known God. I mean, we can go out in the nature and we can see, yes, there is a God in heaven. Uh, we, we recognize that there's a creator. And all, all creation testifies to that truth. But without the revelation of Jesus Christ, we'd never known what it is to be saved. John 1.18 says, No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father, He hath declared Him. Jesus Christ came to declare to us the way of salvation. He came to declare to us that we can be cleansed. He came to declare to us that we can be made pure and clean. That we can have a way to heaven. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus Christ came so that we might know. But He also came to provide an example. And 1 Peter 2.21 says, For even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow in his steps. You see, without the incarnation, we would not have that example. As a man, he experienced the harshness of life. You think you're going through a tough time? Try being Jesus for a week. As he experienced all these things, we can look to him and we were reminded in Hebrews 4.15 that we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. You see, we have a God who has shown us how we can live. He's our example, but he also came to provide a sacrifice. You see, without the incarnation, there'd be no Savior. Aren't you grateful for that? He gave everything so that we might live. Sin requires payment for uh, for. Uh, and sin requires a death for its payments. Listen, that's either my death or his death. I'm so grateful that God was willing to die in my place. You see, but here's the truth. God couldn't die. 
And, and man is not good enough to be able to die in our place. You couldn't die for me and I can't die for you. Only it required a God-man. It required Jesus Christ, one who was eternally in, in, in eternity past, but one who was also born of a virgin. Listen, the blood of bulls and goats could, would never be sufficient. Your sacrifice wouldn't be sufficient for me. It needed the Savior. Hebrews 10, verses 1 through 10 lays this out beautifully, but verse 10 sums it up. It says, By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. That's your gift. But we also see in 1 John 3, 8, that is to destroy the works of Satan. It says in this verse, he says, But he that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. You ever feel defeated? You ever feel like the world is caving in? Let me just remind you, our God is still able today. Our God is still bigger than the things, than, than Satan. And he, when he came, when he manifest himself, he demonstrated his power over Satan in his domain. He said, listen, I'm bigger than you. My, my power is greater. And when he resurrected from the grave, I'm telling you, church, we have great confidence because we serve a mighty God today. Amen. We don't serve just a human. We serve Jesus Christ, the Lord Almighty today. Amen. But we also see that he came to be our perfect judge. Most, many of us think of God, the Father, as our judge. But we see that the truth is that Jesus will be that judge. In John 5, 22, For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. We see that all judgment will be executed by Christ. In John 5, 27, He hath given Him authority to ex execute judgment also, because He is the Son of Man. This is the title that links Him to the earth in His earthly mission. Why is it necessary for the judge to be human that lived on the earth so that he can put down all excuses that we might try to make? You know, we, we, we love our excuses, but God said, listen, my son overcame. His judgment is true and just. We serve a great God today. He gave everything. He gave everything because he loves us. For God so loved the world. Remember that. Only a great God that loves you could give. Only a great God could give of Himself. Only a great God could give Himself for sinners like you and me. The Bible says, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You see, well, I didn't deserve Christ's sacrifice. I didn't deserve this wonderful gift. But Christ gave all because He loves us. Only a great God could give Himself for sinners. Only a great God could redeem us from wickedness. Listen, he's, He is the only one that could allow us to have uh, forgiveness and redemption. And only a great God could purify us. Only a great God could give everything so that you and I could enjoy life. You see, Christmas, I love Christmas. I love the lights. My kids, they love the, putting up the lights and they help us decorating the tree and they love these things. I'm, I sometimes can be an Ebenezer Scrooge because all I can see is the work to put it up and the work to pull it down. Amen? But my kids love it. And they, and they say, Dad, look at our house. It's so beautiful. And they love the tree and the, and the Christmas tree that's up. And, and they enjoy Christmas Day when we open gifts. But listen, those things are not anything compared to what Christ has done for us. You see, for God so loved the world that He gave. He gave for you and me a gift. A gift is not something I earn. It's not something I have to pay for. It's not something I have to work for. But a gift is that. It's something that's offered freely. Not because you deserve it, but because someone loves you. 
And when we come to Christ, when we, we, when we come to him realizing that the gift of salvation is a gift. I didn't earn it. I can't work for it. I can't manipulate the, the, the situation to make it work for me. Listen, it's a gift that God offers you and he offers me. And today, this is the gift that he offers you this Christmas season. Eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. You see, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. He's the only way. He's the only door. And you must come through him. With your head bowed this morning and your eyes closed. This morning we want to give an invitation. The choir is going to sing a song. As they sing a song, we want to invite you to come and receive the gift of salvation. Maybe you're here today and you say, you know, I've never put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is your opportunity and offers it as a gift. And as soon as I get done praying, the music's going to start. I'm going to ask you to stand. And when we do, I'm going to invite you to respond to the Lord by just coming forward. We've got counselors that will pray with you and show you from the Bible how that you can be saved and accept the free gift of salvation. Or maybe you just want to take a moment and fill out that connection card in the pew and say, I want to be saved and put your name and a number on it, drop it in the box. Listen, we want to share with you how that you can be saved. And so, Father, this is your turn. This is your time. And so we ask you that, that your power, your spirit, Lord, would work in our hearts and lives and point us to Jesus Christ today. Lord, that people who are lost would be saved and those of us who are saved today would be encouraged that we serve a God who loves us no matter what we may be going through. And so may you take control in Jesus' name.